Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. Before we get started, let's pay some bills and hear from our presenting sponsors. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision podcast. I am your host, Colette Abdallah, and I'm joined today by a very special guest, Roberta Rosa, who is a health coach and ex-professional athlete with the Argentinian national field hockey team. How's everything going today, Roberta? Hi, Khaled. Thank you so much for having me today. Everything is great. Um, how, how about you? I'm doing excellent. Uh, you have quite a view. Uh, are you, uh, you're in New York City, right? Yes, I'm right now in my apartment in New York City in Brooklyn, Williamsburg. Okay, very cool. You got a hell of a view I can, I can see from behind you. So today's topic is you, your career, uh, your journey as a professional athlete with the Argentinian uh, field hockey team, everything that you've been doing since. So let's let's take it back to the beginning. Obviously, we mentioned that you're from Argentina. Where in Argentina did you grow up and, and you know, what was your, your early childhood like? Well, um, I was born in Buenos Aires, which is the capital of Argentina, and I started like my journey in sports in reality uh, started when I was really young because since I was a little girl, I was always like moving around and even like my parents always incentivized me to like do something with my body because I was constantly like uh, very hyperactive, you know running around everywhere like I always felt I had like a special sense and uh, like a special connection to my body you know so I started playing different sports when I was young I did dance I also uh, did um, with the horses you know when you jump like the um, yeah I don't even know the (laughs) The equestrian horse jumping yeah exactly (laughs) horse jumping Uh, but then you know that's like a very it's like an individual sport you're basically yourself and the horse so my parents wanted me to be part of a team so they uh, sent me to a club to start playing field hockey and I started being part of a team when I was more or less 10 years old Um, so that's how my my journey started Um, so I started playing and I entered like you know the you have like the first league second third fourth i was like in the fourth i was mm-hmm. new i didn't know anything about the sport but as i had this like facility to move and like with my body i became really good really fast so when i was more or less 16 years old i entered like the first team of mm-hmm. more of a high competition and i was representing just my province which is buenos aires like the state okay would be here in America, how you say. So I, I was in like the under 16 team representing just my province. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I went literally escalating levels very quickly until okay. I was more or less like 18 years old. And that's when I reached like the top level in my team. And I was recruited by the national team to play the under 21. Okay. So as a as a kid, did you play? I know Argentina, obviously, football or soccer is the the national sport. Uh, you guys are great at at basketball as well. Uh, from yeah. your performance in the Olympics, did you play any of these sports growing up, or, or think about playing those sports? 
I never played uh, professionally or like co in competition, but I did play like basketball and soccer with my friends, you know, but something uh, not, 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 not in competition at all, just to have fun. Mm. Uh, but yes, sports is a big thing in Argentina. Uh, the most common thing is like basketball or soccer for guys and usually girls play field hockey. Okay. So it's pretty common in the country. Yeah, I know that. Uh, I mean, I know women's football or soccer is is growing. You guys were in the World Cup last time. Yeah. Um, I know it's slowly catching up to the men's game. It's probably a long way away from catching up to the men's game. Uh, but when did you decide, you know, when did it seem like, okay, this is going to be something that I'm going to pursue professionally in terms of field hockey? When did you decide that? Or was it just something that you happened to be good at and you were just kind of moved in that direction? Yeah. In reality, um, I, when I was very young, I didn't, I never planned to become like professional in a sport. I did know that I had like this passion because of expressing myself through my body. So I loved running. And basically when I started playing field hockey and I started getting really good at it very young, uh, and I started really getting into the sports. I started watching like, you know, the older girls and I was like looking up to them. And I suddenly, yes, when I was more or less like 13, 14 years old, I started like having this goal, which was my goal in life to be part of the national team mm -hmm. uh, in Argentina. It's called Las Leonas, the Lioness. Okay. So, so yeah, it became my ultimate goal in life to be part of that team. So I basically was like an addict to field hockey. You know what I mean? Um, I literally like uh, numb myself from life. And the only thing that went and I had on my brain was the sport. I literally trained every day, uh, morning, afternoon. And, you know, like with dedication and, and effort, anyone can do whatever their goal is, mm -hmm. you know? So I basically trained like really, really hard and, and I got good at it. And suddenly, yeah, it was like the path, it was marked for me in a way, you know, but what happened was, yeah, I started becoming better and better until I reached my goal because I became like part of the team. And, but when I, when I reached the highest level possible, I remember the first training they called me to play because I was in the under 21 and one mm. day the trainer from the older girls comes and says like we need like three more girls just for this training so he said you and you and you come one of those girls was and me. this was with the uh, the senior national team exactly with a senior team and so I was sitting like in the bench about to prepare to get in the field I remember in my head I was like this is a day that I was waiting for my whole life, you know. Now I, I have to get into this field and show that I need to be in this team. Like, mm -hmm. this is the day that I've been waiting for my whole life. Imagine. Like, wow. adrenaline that was running through my body. Mm -hmm. And that, that was my addiction. Like, the extreme sensations that I was feeling constantly in my body. So, uh, I went in, I, I trained in, in that training and it went great. And, and then I started playing. He's like, okay, come next one, come next one. And I started playing. I became part of the team and I started traveling all over the world. But at the same time, uh, I was 18 
19 years old. So imagine an 18 year old girl uh, having to quit high school mm. to pursue okay. a life that is not normal for that age. You know what I mean? I was living with girls that were like 30 years old and having like completely different lives. So basically like all my teenage years were lost because I was putting all my energy into a sport. Mm -hmm. So I was missing many of the things that kids go through, you yeah. know? I think so, that, that like obsession and dedication that you mentioned, I think it's uh, normal for folks who are going to be playing at that high level, especially, you know, if you're on yeah. the younger side and, and you're trying to move up and uh, excel and move from that junior team to the national team. And you mentioned that you, you feel like you were missing out on things what do you feel like you missed out on as part of, you know, from becoming a professional athlete at, at a young age? Yeah. Well, it was more of a, like I was missing out on the daily, you know, like my, my friends were going to school. They were like having conversations, going there, you know, going out, having boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever it is, hanging out with the crew. You know, I didn't know anything about that. Like the only thing I knew was to wake up go to the training, you know, be around the team. And that's it. Um, so, yeah, like there's people that love that and are able to and want to choose that for the rest of their lives. In my case, I I saw what that is about. And when I mm -hmm. was there, I was like, I don't know if I want to continue and do this my whole entire life. Also, because sports, you know, it, it has its finite. Like there comes a moment where yeah. your body can't do that anymore. So I was like, what am I going to do in 10 years? You know what I mm -hmm. mean? So okay. I started thinking like, what am I going to do? And, you know, life went on. I played. Uh, I also didn't have the best experience as well. I was traveling a lot. I was young. And also I was the youngest player in the team. So I wasn't like playing every uh, match since the beginning. So I yeah. was in the bench a lot, you know, so in the two, three week uh, um, trips, I wasn't even playing as much. So then we came back. Just all training my, mostly? Yeah, my, my body like lost the, the momentum in the trips. So when we came back, I had to like come in again and, and all these like changes and efforts, you know, my body even looked like a 30 year old and I was 18. So when I was comparing myself to like girls my age, I was like, this is weird. You know, I, I didn't. So was it like, like in terms of like injury or wear and tear no, or in what? Size also in size mm -hmm. because so it came to a point where I was like, I don't know if I want to do this for the rest of my life. Maybe, you know, I should like start studying something or, or developing a skill that I could do for the rest of my life. And so I had to decide the hardest decision of my life if I was going to continue or not and I decided mm -hmm. to quit and, and how old were you when this when you decided this I was like 20 21 years old okay so before we do that I have one a couple yes. questions about you know the the setup and, and how things worked so you mentioned that field hockey is a, a big sport for for women and girls in, in Argentina um, and you were playing professionally with the national team is there also like a professional league as well that you were playing in yeah, like the thing is like this, you have different um, teams or clubs, we say in Spanish, yeah. uh, all over the country. So there's like the the A, we say A, B, C, D, A is the, the best one. 
my club was playing in the A. Uh, there's many other girls that are playing in other clubs, which could be C or D, B. And if you're good enough, you are able to make it to the national team. And if you are, if you make it to the national team and you live in another province, uh, you have to travel to Buenos Aires because that's mm -hmm. where the main center is. Um, and that's when some of the trainings all took with all the country happen. Uh, there's different stages. Like, for example, if the Olympics are going to come, the Olympics are ahead, they recruit like, a, I don't know, maybe it could be like 30, 40 girls, maybe less. In the senior team, it's already known who are who is part of that mm -hmm. team. Maybe there's like two more add-ons or changes. But when you're in the under 21, there's like a big group of girls and there's like a one-week concentration where you're training and constantly they're watching you and then you like advance or you don't. Yeah. It sounds very familiar, to, uh, similar to the football or soccer, mm -hmm. you know, where you have the clubs and the different tiers and leagues exactly. and, and then you get called up to the U21 or, or the senior team, things like yeah. that. So. It sounds familiar to me, so at least I understand in terms of the concept. Um, but, I mean, you said that you didn't have a, a great experience with the senior team, but what about with the under-21 team? Did you – I mean, obviously you excelled there because you were called up early, but did you have any, like, really, you know, special moments? I, I believe you won some gold medals with the U21 team, right? Yes. Uh, I had the best time in the under-21 because – they it was like with my friends they were all my age and also besides the field hockey tournaments and everything we were really having fun so i have like really mm -hmm. good memories from those times uh and we were young girls but you know imagine so we were like doing funny things in the hotels and in the different cities we went through and all those things but the best tournament was um we went to Guadalajara, Mexico, and we played like the Pan American Games before the Junior World Cup that was going to be in Germany. And there we won that tournament and it was incredible wow. because even the male team also won. So all the Argentinians, we were the winners of all the Pan American tournaments. So I remember that was like, it was a feast. We came back yeah. to the hotel and we started like partying and throwing our things in the balcony and it was crazy did you have a, a favorite destination that you travel to whether it's a city or country um i loved uh traveling and playing in london before the olympic games in london remember i don't remember what year that was but like like 2018 yeah like exactly somewhat recently yeah, so in that I remember that field when they built that it was like incredible. Like the technology it was like perfect. I really enjoyed being there. Uh and it was great. Anywhere else? Uh I also liked uh Australia and New Zealand. That was a really nice trip. Okay. Like very far away from Buenos Aires, but uh they have great field hockey there as well. Even both Australia and New Zealand. Um, so I really enjoyed that too. Mm -hmm. And every time we went on a trip and we played against other countries, it was nice to meet like the girls and exchange, you know, maybe like uh, the t-shirt or something. So I have like a collection of things from all over the world 
um, and I loved that experience. Yeah, but, that's you know, really cool. Being in competitive environments at a young age is really good because for life, in my life right now, I my personality and my brain functions and it's wired mm-hmm. because of all the training that I had and that, that's how I operate in life. But at the same time, it's very difficult and it can bring other problems, you know? Okay. I definitely want to talk to you about that yeah. and how, you know, your sports background influences your current work. But one one last question about the field hockey yes. thing. So you said there's leagues and there's obviously the national team and all that. Um, is it, do they pay well enough where you can have a full-time field hockey career at the, you know, top or, you know, the, maybe the A level and the B level? Is it possible to do that? Really good question because no, in Argentina, like they it's it's not a good uh it's not like a good job that you have and you cannot sustain a life like that that's why like the majority of the girls they all play in europe or or maybe united states but mm-hmm. europe is more common uh so like all my friends and the girls that i know that used to play with me they now they all play in europe and when there's any tournaments they just go back to argentina to train for whatever it is that they have to okay know, because yeah it's it's a very uh, sacrificed life and the only money maybe that you can have is because of different sponsors but mm. not from the field hockey association got it got it yeah i know that's i mean it's not that uncommon here as well in, in the mm-hmm. u.s i mean obviously as you know the, the women's sports is uh in terms of the commercial um you know yeah. salaries things like that's not quite there yet but is that the case for all women's sports in Argentina or is I know women's soccer is not quite funded obviously very well but what about the basketball or any other sports or is it just field hockey no basketball handball volleyball I know it's like the same thing that happens throughout all the sports except uh soccer for um for men that's yeah. like uh millionaire business you know but all over the world yeah uh but in every sport that happens in the country yeah yeah i think if if you ask any you know you know usual person hey what's argentina known for it'd be soccer and steak maybe yes so (laughs) it makes sense that that's that's the two big sports so and i know i know every like uh, athlete in the different sports they all go and play abroad Mm -hmm. yeah that's very true i think a lot of you know South American countries, it's not unusual for. I mean, obviously, there's big clubs there, but if you're really looking for, you know, commercial success, you're going to go abroad to Europe yeah. or Asia or somewhere else. So, you started talking about you you thinking about what you wanted to do after your playing career was over, and that when you quit, it was you know a very hard decision for you. Ultimately, you you kind of hinted at a few things, but why did you decide ultimately? I'm going to quit playing field hockey and pursue something else. Like, to be honest, I was a bit tired of like uh, being in an extreme competitive environment constantly in the sense where, yeah, one of the factors was I, I felt I was missing out. I felt I was having like a life that wasn't suited for my age. And there's some people that feel affected by that. And there's others that don't, you know what I mean? So I started instead maybe of like um, seeing all that I had achieved, I started like putting the focus on all the things that I couldn't do. Um, 
I also felt that... So you started I, focusing on the, the negative things, things that you were missing out on? Exactly. I started focusing on everything that I was missing out. And uh, after the Junior World Cup in Germany, and this is very specific, I played... Mm -hmm. And this is what I felt. I felt, you know, I wasn't being, uh, I wasn't starting any match like from the beginning in the field. So that affected me every, every, every match as, you know, um, when the trainer decided to put me in the field, I went in and I scored a goal like every match. It was like that. So then I couldn't understand why the next one I was starting like 15 minutes later or, or even after the half. The second the, in the second half, you know, so that affected me mentally. And then was that like the the politics of the team that you're this young, you know, young kid? You're not going to take an established person's spot. Do you think that that was the reason why that was happening in the senior team? But this is the junior. This is the oh, okay. twenty one. So I think what was happening is that the trainer was also trying to test another girl, which is what he has to do, right? But also that to me it affected me in a certain way. And I started like thinking about like, if this, you know, if suddenly I start, uh, they don't start putting me in the matches, but I'm here training and like putting, like leaving my life aside just for this. But like, I'm not like being in the, in the match from the beginning, you know, and I'm not mm -hmm. playing as much and this and that. And I started saying, I don't know if I want to dedicate my entire life to um to doing this i don't have any reassurance uh you know in a couple of years i will not be able to do this physically uh so all these thoughts started coming into my head and i was like i feel i need to quit and start um start like my journey in 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 the normal in the real mm -hmm. world but at the same time um I also had gotten to the top level in the sport. I've seen what it is. I saw the dynamics. I saw everything, you know, and it was like, yeah, I could be, I could repeat this for a couple more years, but I don't know if I want to do this, you know? So uh, you wanted to kind of quit and, and leave on your own terms before you were maybe yeah. forced to, to stop? Yeah. And I quit it basically. And how old and were you when, when you decided this? 21, 21 okay. more or less. Also, I love skiing and snowboarding. So I went skiing and I had a, a really bad injury. I fractured my tibia and fibula. Oh, so wow. already when I was doubting and trying to quit field hockey, I went skiing and I was going to give it a second chance. Like I said, maybe, you know, I'll start training again and see what happens. Maybe not like in the elite and like trying to be the best, but you know, maybe I'll, I'll play again, but I broke my leg and that's when I quit it completely because that's like a year recovery. So after that, I, I didn't go back to the sport. Yeah. Um, so your heart was already kind of not in it a hundred percent. And then, yeah, you know, exactly. So. And also because of breaking my leg and quitting the sport, you know, I entered into this like black hole of not knowing what to do with my life. You know, the only thing that I knew how to do was play field hockey since very young. The only thing they taught me was how to function in a field with a team of girls. You know, I didn't know how to function in the normal society. Mm -hmm. So that brought me a lot of problems, even like, as I was telling you, my body, um, 
how my body was at that time with all the training and the muscle, you know, comparing myself with other girls. I had a lot like different eating disorders. Um, mm. Also, you know, I started partying. All the energy that I used to put into the sport that I released, I started releasing it and channeling it in the wrong way. So you had kind of an identity crisis. I mean, this is not the yes. first time I've heard this. Um, yes, I interviewed Very strong. A, yeah, a former basketball player for the Egyptian national team who also played in college. And she said, you know, when she decided to stop pursuing basketball, she had a major identity crisis because, you know, something as basic as introducing herself. She would yes. say, you know, her name and then, oh, I, you know, I play yes. basketball. Yes. So it sounds like you went through some of that, that similar, uh, you know, crisis and, and feeling of you know, who yes. am I at this exactly, point? Exactly. I didn't know who I was. I felt completely empty. And the only thing that I was doing was literally like filling myself up with different things, um, you know, uh, substances, partying, socializing, whatever, work. I was feeling myself just to numb the pain that I was feeling because I also felt very frustrated. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's very hard to accept how we feel and embrace our emotions, you know, even when you're younger, uh, it's very easy to fall into all these temptations. So um, that's what happened to me. I was lost. Yeah. I, I had an identity crisis. Uh, so I had to start like a healing journey. You know what I mean? That took many years. So what did you, what did you decide to do after you had started, after you quit? What did you decide to do professionally? Um, so when I, I quit field hockey, I started to uh, study graphic design in a university in, our, in Buenos Aires. Uh, when I graduated after four years uh, or five, um, then I worked in a couple agencies there in Argentina and I decided to pursue a master's degree. And that's why I moved to New York City on design and urban ecologies. Uh, which I graduated last year. Wow, congratulations. Um, thank you. And that's when I realized that I had like a passion for like <clears throat> urban spaces, but in the sense of the people that inhabit different spaces and like getting involved in different communities. And so I decided that I wanted to pursue my health coaching career, which I'm, that's what I, what I do right now in my current work. Um, definitely want to hear more about that. And because of like, you know, all these experiences that I've had, I'm also able, and it's my passion to be able to help other people achieve whatever goal they have, you know, uh, holistically mm -hmm. with their emotions, physically, you know, uh, and spiritually. So I want to hear more about your, the healing journey that you mentioned in, in, resolving that identity crisis and it sounds like you you found some peace in who you were as a person post you know your athletic career what went into that what maybe not one thing that that really helped you but maybe a couple things that helped you you know find your way through what what you were dealing with yeah um first of all uh well my healing journey i started going to to therapy for a couple of years you know, because that really helped me to like develop a really uh, important sense of self-awareness because for whatever change we want to make in life, um, we first of all need to be aware that we want to change and what's happening in our, what's our current situation. 
And then we have to accept, like, and sometimes accepting, like, bad things that we are going through is not a nice thing and it's very difficult. Yeah. So the the acceptance is very important. And then you're able to take action in whatever you have to do. So first with therapy, I was able to develop a a good sense of self-awareness going to the root of the problems. And then after, after many years, I discovered coaching and it was that moment when I was able to fully like uh, change my lifestyle in the sense where I develop different tools to, uh, to change my habits. Remember I told you that I was coming from this past of feeling a void. I yeah. used to fill the void with, with whatever, even with food, you know, binge eating. Like I felt sad and I went and ate so much. And then there's shame and, and you fast and all these like unhealthy eating patterns. Um, so I had to relearn everything, even how to the relationship with myself first. Mm-hmm. You're the rewiring re- your brain essentially. Yeah, at then that point. The, yeah, exactly. Relate the relationship with the people around me, uh, all my habits. Like imagine that the brain is used to operating like, oh, I feel sad. I need to eat a cookie and feel better. Like, mm-hmm. why are you gonna not do that if it's gonna make you feel better? It's really hard. So like training your brain for training your neurons instead of going in the highway that is what you know how to do they have to go through this new new road that maybe it's like unknown and you know it has rocks and sticks they have to like go around you know so that's what you have to do basically and and coaching was what allowed me to learn all these tools and basically now that's what i do i specialize mostly in habits you know, eating habits or whatever. Habits are a reflection and it's the way our brain expresses to us how it feels on inner habits. Oh, that's a really uh, interesting way to put it, yeah. So, you know, and it's very, very difficult, but having an accountability coach, the right guidance, knowing how to set goals, you know, realistic goals and, well, other different tools, you know, Everyone is a, is able to attain whatever goal they have to, and of course, this depends on its per- each person because each person is bio individual, and what works for me won't work for you. So that's also very important to take into account. Yeah, and how long have you been doing this coaching, and what do you specifically apply that you've learned to to the coaching? I started doing the coaching this year. Um, and I, I opened my, my coaching business this year as well. It's called FTV, um, health coaching. And, um, does FTV stand for fill the void? Yes, exactly. Because in my fill the void, um, business, there's also, I have a podcast and, and like digital art where, because of my design background, I created these like different pills and different antidotes that illustrate different ways we humans fill the void. So it's like through parody, I, I want to raise awareness of how important it is to, for us to connect with our emotions instead of numbing and trying to avoid and then, you know, um, being in this like uh, position where we find ourselves completely disconnected from ourselves and from our environment. So like a way I raise awareness and I like to express this 
is with the different analgesics that you can find mm-hmm. on my website. Um, so, yeah. Can That's you really cool. I, I love the... the no, no, I, I love the the idea. Um, I mean, especially the the fill the void part because I think it's it's a very human and normal experience to for all of us. We're kind of looking for something to fill the the void of meaning, of purpose, of whatever. We all have goals and things that we're trying to achieve, and sometimes we, like you said, we we numb it with relationships, with substances, with whatever distractions. Uh, we fill the void with them instead of something meaningful that that will help us uh, achieve those goals. So you mentioned that your kind of ultra competitive sports background affects what you do, perhaps positively and negatively. So how does that background, I mean, obviously, it sets you up for what you do now, and it's given you the skills and the background and the experience, but how does it impact what you do now in your work? I love this question, but before answering it, I want to add something because you said sure. the word purpose. And this is what I always say that, you know, people tell you like, you got to find your purpose or your sense in life. And when I think about purpose, I'm like, like, what is my purpose? Like, how am I going to find that? You know, and it's not about finding anything. It's just a matter of putting what you have to put, the attitude that you have to put into creating what you want to do. And that is the purpose, is your work to creating whatever you want to create. So it's um, more about the journey than the, the end goal of the purpose? Exactly. And this answers my last question, that is what I had to unlearn in this life uh, regarding sports is that, you know, because of being in a highly competitive environment all my life, the only thing that validated me as a person was my external achievements. Like I literally only thought that I was worth something if I attained my next medal. That's why I pursued like my master's. When I got the degree, you know, I was like so happy about it. But at the same time, I felt empty again because I was like, oh, I I ticked another uh, step that the society tells you that you have to do. Great. But now what? You know, so I had to like learn to validate myself not only because of the external achievements, but just because of me being me. And it's really hard. It's really hard, but we have to work on that. Um, also, something else that I had to unlearn was that being part of a team and competing, it's like you score a goal, you're good, or you did a wrong pass, you're bad. So not everything is black or white, you know. Mm-hmm. The key in life is in the grace not yeah. in one extreme or the other. That's why I also think that uh, going through dark times doesn't mean that after that uh, you have to like completely be the opposite and become a monk, you know, and never do anything in life again. Because that, in my opinion, is unhealthy as well. What is healthy, in my opinion, is to be able to choose whatever we want to do and not be, um, and not, be controlled by our behaviors in a way that we don't want to. Yeah. But at the same time, I have really, and I have a lot of positive things that the sport uh, life uh, gave me, which is like the power that I have to, and the determination that when I want something, there's nothing that's going to stop me, nothing in the way. 
until I do that that I want to do. Mm-hmm. So the determination, the the attitude in life, you know. Um, also, the this is the most important. Being able to repeat the same thing over and over again every day, <laughs> being consistent. Yeah, that's, consistent. That's yeah, consistency. These are all the values that I learned in the sports, and that really they it they they are the values that I have as a person now, and I will carry them through my life. <laughs> yeah, the the point that you made about external the external validation of you know the ticking the box and getting the medal. I've heard that a lot of times in sports where, you know, a player might obsess over winning that title or that trophy. Um, You know, Kevin Durant comes to to mind. He was obsessed with winning an NBA title and then he wins it with the Warriors. And I think he mentioned on a podcast or interview that, you know, he woke up either the next day or shortly after the parade and he was like, okay, like that's it. Like I, I don't feel any different than I did a week ago, even though I had yeah. supposedly achieved what I, I considered my life's goal. But it's because I think as he said, or and as you said, is that you were seeking that external validation versus the internal validation. So how did you rewire yourself to start seeking that internal validation? And was part of it having those skills of being able to repeat things and be consistent? What changed and made me like be able to change that brain wiring was that I literally have this thought every day of my life and it's that life is a ladder to nowhere like literally to nowhere there's nothing at the top that we know so instead of focusing Mm. and waiting to get to the top to see what there is up there we need only to concentrate in building and refining that ladder to have the best ladder and the nicest ladder and enjoying like going up that ladder, right? Instead of trying to see what's at the top, because that's an answer we're never going to have. And also being mm-hmm. empty and having that feeling, little feeling of emptiness, it's the motor for us to keep on achieving and doing different things. So it's good that we have a little emptiness and we don't have to be constantly trying to fill it with things, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it sounds like a, a combination of not being complacent, but also enjoying the journey and not focusing so much on the end goal or the end yeah. purpose. It's about enjoying every step on, on that ladder. Um, and believe me, it's very difficult because mm-hmm. how many people say, enjoy the process, don't focus yeah. on the outcome. <laughs> Everyone says that, you know. But in reality, if you literally try to feel that um, and concentrate that if something even goes wrong today, like whatever, just enjoy the wrongness. It's it's an exercise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's an exercise and it's the most difficult thing. But we don't have any other any other thing to do in this life, right? So why don't just try this? I, I definitely see you're very insightful. I definitely see why you're pursuing uh being a health coach I, and I can definitely see a lot of benefit from from what what you offer. So where can folks find you? You mentioned your website. Are you active on on social media as well and and where can folks find your work? Yes, of course. My Instagram is fill the void period club so you can follow me there for the podcast and also my website is ftvhealthcoach.com. You can uh 
go in the website and look at the programs. Uh, you can send me an email or message me. It's my phone. You have my phone number there too for any inquiries or questions about that. And I'll be more than happy to answer everything. Awesome. I'll make sure to include all that in the, the episode description uh, on Spotify and YouTube and all that stuff. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, I truly enjoyed the conversation. Very inspiring. You know, best of luck to you in your career. Anything that you want to share with, with our listeners before we wrap up? Um, of course. Um, what I want to share is uh, that life is a difficult journey, but how the word says it, you know, it's a journey and we're all in, in these different places, um, you know. So we have to stop comparing ourselves constantly with everyone around us, even on social media. I think social media is toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And, you know, just focus on yourself every day. If there's 1% of um, of making yourself better every day, that's more than enough. That's it. I love that. Set, Incremental set growth. Yeah. Set realistic goals, you know, and focus on yourself. Um, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. And uh, make sure folks list, leave us a, a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, make sure to subscribe uh, and check us out on all the major social media platforms at 4040 Vision Pod. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Roberta. Thank you so much.